Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Well, this is Kings of Non-Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. I don't know if anybody can hear me right now, but this is Jay. Sounds like we're having some technical difficulties again, and we're waiting for Dre to somehow join the show. It's been a while, so of course, we, having not have a show for a while now, it would make sense that we would go back to having our, our previous technical difficulties. Not sure what's going on over on Dre's corner. Not even sure if I'm talking to anybody but myself right now. But here we are, several weeks after our draft recap, ready to go again. A lot of things have happened in the last few weeks since our last show that we were planning on highlighting to talk about tonight. We've got baseball, we've got the NBA finals about ready to start here again for Deja Vu again for the NBA finals. I guess somebody's going to watch this. We've got the uh, the NFL trying to completely wreck their league with their anthem rule, which which I think Dre and I are going to be talking about here in some detail, and in our usual much less detail kind of way. You know, when we're doing football, it's a much less detail kind of show. Interesting thing right now is it says that my uh, my partner here is on the air and in the show as the host, which it would not let me join as, but he isn't in the show. So I'm I'm, I'm wondering if he's getting hit by the, uh, by the, the the subtropical storm or if we can find you know, maybe there's sunspots or some kind of strange activity or something full moon causing things to happen here tonight. Or maybe it's just the man or Russia. I mean, maybe, I would, I would, I would venture to say that maybe we've been hacked by Russia. That is the popular thing to blame for everything these days. So we're going to go with that. 
I remember once, very first show I believe we did, Andre had the terrible, disastrous week picking games and blamed it all on Miley Cyrus, which was a convenient goat at the time. But we're going to go with Russia. So we've been hacked. Thanks, Putin. Andre's trying to call in right now. I just got the text. Let's see if we can get him on the air here as soon as we can. So many things to talk about tonight. We'll have uh, a bit of an abbreviated show. As it seems like we do a lot. Our 60 minutes of live time, a lot of times, only turns out to be 50 or 55 minutes because we got to work out our technical issues for the first 10 minutes of the show. But we had this all figured out before the last show. Everything went smooth. Although the board didn't work. Not not quite sure if the board's working tonight. Hey! Well, I can start a sound drop, but I can't end one. How's that? Are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Which is good, because I've been talking for the last three minutes, not knowing if I was an audience of one. Well, usually we're an audience of two anyway, but yeah, that is very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're we're usually just talking to each other. I mean, let's just be real. But... I mean, interesting thing happened. I wanted to see if the sound drops worked, so I clicked on the, the very top one, which was the Jimmy Garoppolo theme, and it it started playing, and I was like, great, great, and then I hit the button to stop, and it wouldn't stop. And it wouldn't stop. So it's actually, actually other... it's actually still playing. Oh, there we go. It finally just stopped. <laughs> um, but it played for a solid minute, so what I actually had to do was just turn the volume on it down. Right. <laughs> Instead of listening the other to... Issue. Uh, Three minutes of well, sound drop. The, the last several months or whatever, it's the sound drops have been messing up. The connection yeah. issues, it's been crazy. I connected 10 minutes before the show started. And right when you came on, uh, still before the show started, all of a sudden I didn't have a connection anymore. And <laughs> clicking the button to reconnect did nothing. It, it just, it, it, it just, it gave me the dial tone, and then it just sat there. And well, I you'll said, be glad to know. You'll be glad to know that in the few minutes while you were gone, I sort of talked it through with myself and our audience of of myself. Yeah. And uh, figured out that Russia is to blame. Blame Russia for everything. Yeah. Always everything. blame Russia. Absolutely. So now that we've got that out of the way, we can get to the topics at hand. Well, that's good. So how are you doing? Uh, I haven't talked to you for a few weeks. Yeah, doing well. Uh, still going through the, the sort of lifestyle adjustment of, of eating better, not good still, but better, and working out on a regular basis. Just came from the gym tonight, as a matter of fact, and refreshed and ready to go and ready to talk some sports. Yay, sports. Yay, sports. Yeah, things, well, things are going Ah, nothing different than usual work and more work and uh, i just got done working through the whole memorial day holiday and finally got a day off today actually meant to do a show last week and you know we had we had actually talked about it a couple of weeks ago and then it was like i'll get back to you and then everything got so crazy and busy i never got back to you 
I know. I was kind of waiting. Like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to do a show next week? I'm like, yeah, let me look at my schedule and I'll get back to you. And then I realized like a week later, I'm like, I never got back to him. <laughs> so, so that's good. It, it's good to be, that's actually uh perfect timing because if we had done our show back when we were originally intending to, a lot of the junk we're going to talk about tonight wouldn't be relevant or hadn't been relevant yet. So now we've really got ourselves a couple hours uh, to kick around. Some, like you say, kicking around the political football. I like the, the title of our show tonight. Little 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 wordplay there. Yeah, sometimes it comes to me. I, I'm shocked everyone didn't use that as their headline the day after the uh, NFL owners decided to uh, make a sport out of politicizing the national anthem. They're so upset at politicizing the national anthem that they're going to politicize the national anthem. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I no, I texted you right away, or we, I believe that was one of my rare times on Twitter that I actually posted on. Uh, I don't even think I, tw- I sent you a text. I thought I actually went on Twitter. So for those of you who follow us on Twitter at IMLDJTG and at IMLDDRE for Dre, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, I actually made a, a rare Twitter appearance because every rare once in a while, tweet. every once in a while, something so stupid happens that that I have to tweet. And we, when I saw the the day before the rule change for the anthem was announced, they were kicking around something about a a penalty, and I was like, "Well, they're not that stupid. They're not going to go that. You know, they're not going to go that direction because then." All of a sudden, the joke became that, okay, so what is it going to be like, you know, a personal foul for for each person? Is it going to be, you know, all at once they get the penalty or do they kind of stack? What what happens if everybody just does it? It was just like, come on, they're they're not going to come up with something this ridiculous and stupid. And they come up with something more ridiculous and more stupid rather than just. What I know you have suggested in the past, which you would think would be the most obvious change, would just be go back to the way it was before 9-11 and just run the national anthem with the, neither team on the field. Be fine but, by me. But because the NFL and, and the military <laughs> and, by extension, the, the government are basically hand-in-hand and uh, you know, there's a lot of money to be had. I mean, we're not. I mean, how else are we going to get the Fox NFL, you know, pregame crew on the the deck of an aircraft carrier? <laughs> but the end result is something so stupid that they haven't managed to just last year. You had all the, 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 you know, the supposed ratings drop, which has actually been a bit of like a three year drop. So the NFL has been steadily and and slowly losing its, its viewership over the last few years. And it wasn't going to maintain that peak level. I mean, we've talked about the fact that they could lose probably half their viewership and probably still be the top rated sport on TV and with, with everything that's involved. But so last year they, they have another drop, they're trying to, as much as they can, not tie it to the anthem protests and people who are tired of that. So they figure the best answer is, hey, we've got one side of this pissed off. Let's just piss off the whole other side of this argument now and just create a whole new league of boycotters and people who don't want to watch. Because if we're going to piss off the people who are you know, all rah-rah for the flag, you're disrespecting America, all the things they want to say, let's just go the other way and piss off the protesters too now. 
who weren't already pissed off enough to give them a reason now not to watch football. So we've basically taken both groups, and the NFL has made enemies of everybody, and I don't know what the heck they're doing. It's something I, I believe the thing that I said was, you know, for something they want to make quietly go away, they're not doing a very bang-up job. The reason you don't know what the heck they're doing is because they don't know what the heck they're doing. No. Uh, well, no. This whole thing just uh, – I'm I, my my mouth was open. I was so surprised and shocked that <laughs> but they – were you really uh, – were you really – Probably not really. Well, <laughs> you tipped me off to it the day before, as you already said. You retweeted, yep. and a lot of other uh, sports people retweeted. So you were in good company. Uh, retweeted, um, I believe it was Albert Breer it uh, was. reporting initially that the NFL owners were kicking around the uh, possibility of a 15 yard penalty for anyone who took a knee before the game. And of course, my first reaction was that means every team is now obligated to take a knee before the game so that they can have offsetting penalties and, and make a farce of that rule. So that, that just was ridiculous on its face. And then they come back with the uh, whoever kneels is going to be fined solution to uh, to a problem that wasn't really a problem. Uh, it's, and it, I guess I'm just so frustrated at the First of all, that the fact that none of the owners, to my knowledge, have really – Uh-oh, I think we lost Dre again. Uh, you, I don't know where he was going with that thought, but uh, hopefully it was going to be a good one. Um, I, I can continue on a little as far as what I was thinking about that, which was – these NFL owners are so completely out of touch, not only with their fans, but with also their players, with the, with, with the whole media market that they control. These guys are all basically billionaires. Some of these were, were people were started off decades ago and have now basically sat on the golden goose for all these years. And they're figuring out the way to slaughter the damn thing. And it, it just drives me crazy. Because at the height of their popularity, they're going to just drag this whole thing down. You've got that underlying problem. So now they've created a whole new mess of problems for themselves. You've got this other side with Kaepernick and Eric Reed, which I have a feeling will be a very convincing argument, especially on Kaepernick's side. And then also what you have with Eric Reed, who, who's, a, who's a top-notch player at his position, and neither one of these guys. Now, Kaepernick... We've talked about the eroding skill set over the years, but by keeping him out of the league, the NFL, you know, basically has shown their ass here. So all of that, and it just said that Dre dropped off the show. Hopefully we get Dre back soon. So with with all of that, they're, they're just completely alienating their their whole fan base. You know, what's it going to be? The media is all over this. They're going to make a story out of this. Everybody loves to see, you know, quote unquote, the underdog. So with the NFL being the giant, everybody is going to be picking at the uh, at the bones here and at the carcass of the NFL because everybody loves to see the top guy fall. This is why people root against LeBron James or they root against Michael Jordan or why people hate the Patriots. Everybody hates the guy that's on top. And that's where we're at now. And the NFL is doing nothing but shooting itself in the foot 
over and over and over again when there are really simple solutions to this problem that they're just completely overlooking and making things multiplying um, and making them worse. Are you back again there, Dre? Is this thing on? Yeah, you just completely cut out. I got the old school disconnection. (laughs) I don't... Blog Talk Radio's inventing ways to cut us off and, and fuck oh up the show. Oh, my God. This is just incredible. Damn you, so to, damn you Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I, as soon as I started getting into the, the anthem oh, yeah. stuff. The man just cut right, you off. Just right right at the balls. Yeah. Just hacked you got, right off there. You got cut off by the man. I, I did. Um, as I was saying... <clears throat> Um, my first uh, bit of anger and frustration is at the complete tone deafness of the fact that the owners haven't really gotten into and acknowledged the reasons for the protesting. They just completely go right to it's against America. It's against the anthem. It's against everything that we, we know who we are, everything we love. And they take it so personal uh, when, when a bunch of black players get, get, their organ get organized get their stuff together and actually have a, a message to send and have a, a message that doesn't put america in in a very good light because america for those particular issues that they're protesting does not deserve to be in a good light but the owners don't see that and never have seen that they haven't even wanted to look in that direction as to what's actually happening so right off the bat that's was my first frustration and, and then just it it's part of a bigger trend to me. Uh, there's a there's a bigger uh, sort of magaing of America right now. The the whole Trump election, the the whole Make America Great Again thing. Uh, it was crazy when it happened. We talked in depth about it on this show. Everyone else has talked about it, and now we're uh, uh, a year and a half into it, and more and more it seems like. There's a shifting over to the to to the, to the side of the the Trump supporters and and the people who think that Trump has good ideas and you can say what you want about those ideas, but I, I just don't like the the whole shifting for again money money monetary purposes, uh, just chasing the dollar because now there's so many outlets that that see the money that those supporters will spend. If you just placate them, if you just say what makes them feel good and, and put voices out there that echo the things that they believe in. And now they're just, people are just going after that money because those people are riding high right now. They're, they're flying high in America. They're feeling real good about themselves and maybe they deserve to at the moment, but they're, those are the ones that are out there loudest and proudest. And it seems like media outlets, particularly sports media outlets, are turning around to those people and going, oh, well, now that we see how vocal and, and supportive you'll be for people who, who think like you and say things that you like, uh, maybe we can start to pander a little more to you and maybe we can start doing some business uh, with, with you guys. Uh, nationally, as we know about, but never really got into and never never talked about on the show, there's uh, ESPN canceling the, the sports center that was uh, starring Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, basically the Black Sports Center, that they gave it a year. Uh, it, it started off kind of rocky. Uh, the episodes that I watched, they seemed like they're really trying hard to be hip and, and and really 
you know, make their audience feel like they're they're in on something new and fresh and want to make them feel good about that. Um, they, they, I thought they were getting a little better, but they, they still got cut off uh, after about a year. That's, that's not really all that long when you think about it to give a show time to grow. But with everything that Jamel Hill was saying on Twitter um, and, and Michael Smith sort of backing her up, uh, you know, not really going out as far on a limb as Jamel Hill, but still uh, not, you know, denying anything she was saying or saying anything was wrong. They got sort of the reputation among the the Trump supporters type people. Oh, those are those guys. Those are the the anti-Trump. Those are the the haters. Those are the guys that think everything white is racist. And that wasn't true. They were specific in their criticisms, just like the anthem protesters were specific in their criticisms. They were never criticizing and, and turning their back on the anthem in America. They were criticizing specific parts of America that need to be fixed. But Jamel Hill and Michael Smith kind of get the boot. I think they both were allowed to sort of step down separately and resign on their own publicly. Uh, but everyone knows they pretty much got canned. Um, and locally in Chicago, uh, which I don't know if you heard it about it, this at all, Jason, but uh, my favorite station in Chicago sports radio station was uh, 670 to score uh, because they had a lot of smart voices. They had a lot of voices that you don't necessarily hear a lot. Uh, they gave a lot of guys a shot to to be on the air that don't normally get a shot. And one of the uh, main voices uh, over the years has been Jason Goff, who was a black guy who used to be a caller years ago and went to school and got through school, worked his way up and became a host and then became uh, the afternoon host with uh, next to Dan Bernstein. And those two together really said a lot of stuff uh, about Trump, about uh, things of that nature uh, that I'm sure pissed off a lot of that side of the aisle. Well, they got canned. Uh, Goff got eventually fired from the station. Bernstein got demoted down to midday and hosting with some other young kid, uh, which I'm sure he wasn't happy about. And that just, again, felt like part of the trend, the, the MAGAing of America. There's a guy that came in, Jimmy DeCastro, as a new general manager of the score. He specifically is on that level with, uh, with Trump supporters. He's one of those. And he brought back to replace Jason Goff in that time slot. He brought back of all people, Dan McNeil, who is famous in Chicago radio for basically being a druggie and not all that talented and also very uh, inconsistent. You can't rely on him. He'll just drop out of sight for months at a time, going to drug rehab or, uh, or doing whatever he's doing, fishing, whatever he wants to do. Uh, he has not kept a job between the score and uh, ESPN radio. He doesn't keep a job very long, maybe a year or two at the most, because he's such a, a, a deep bag and, and unreliable and unprofessional. And they give him the job uh, getting right back in there. And and what does that, what, what, what happens with Dan McNeil when he gets back in? He lasted about 35 seconds before he got some sort of throat situation and had to go off the air. And I don't think he's back yet. So again, un unreliable, unprofessional, off the air. Maybe this wasn't his fault. Maybe this was something that just happened and he couldn't control it. But nonetheless, the, the, the track record was out there. This is a guy that you can't rely on, you can't depend on, and he's not very good. But Again, the modeling of America, you want to give guys like that a voice because that's the trend. That's, those are the people that are on top right now and riding high. 
I, I just don't like that at all. And I think history will look back on companies like the score, like ESPN, that are trying to turn and, and trying to be in, in, a, in an effort to be more quote unquote balanced. They're giving voice and giving power to sides that I don't think necessarily deserve it. If, if you're just going to be uh, on the wrong side of things, you're just going to lie about everything. I don't think you deserve to have a, a, an equal voice. And the NFL owners fall into that category because, like I said, they're being dishonest about why the anthem protests were happening. They've never addressed exactly why. They just say it's, it's un-American and it's disrespectful, uh, and, and they don't really talk about the real issues. And that's what had me so upset about the whole thing. The, the whole trend is just making me sick to my stomach personally. Yeah, I think you've been pretty much on. I, I mean, I, you know, you, but again, you, you've got a, a perspective that, that, I mean, that historically you, you're right in line. You're, you're right exactly where I, I figured you'd be on this, you know, as, as far as, as, you know, I'm still trying to absorb, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, around the last 10 minutes. I mean, you know, the, the, the circling back to the NFL by way of ESPN and the score and the NFL. And I understand, I understand all of what you're saying. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. It's not, it, it, I'm not quite sure uh, on that one. You know, it, it, I don't know. I mean, That's I think the NFL, that's how yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know. I mean, I, I, oh, and I know you're, you're very consistent. You're very consistent in your approach, and you know, in this in this larger view of this of this horrible United States of America that we live in, um, it's just the worst place. I mean, my God. Um, I don't know. That that that's a that's an interesting one. The, the way you kind of phrase that all up there. I don't know how one, I don't, I'm not sure the one ties to the other. I'm not, you know, obviously none of these are correlated to each other, but what you're talking about is more of the trend to give rise to people and give rise to voices or make decisions or feel more emboldened to make dumb decisions because of the sort of political climate that we're in right now that I could, that I can understand and make sense. I'm not sure that that ties in directly with the NFL owners. I mean, I'm sure they feel emboldened because when they do these stupid things, they have the president of the United States basically, you know, rallying them on and, and saying, come on guys. Yeah, that's great. Let's kick these guys out of the country or, you know, they're fired and all the garbage that Trump says, but I'm not sure that that's what's informing them. I think more of what is informing us is that they're more like him than they are like the rest of the people because oh, no doubt that is you know that's the that's the money class that's the, the, those people the nfl own what do you mean those yeah those people like the nfl owners people who own nfl teams they don't have the problems that you and i and the rest of the you know <laughs> united states have they, they they have no fear that you know of i'm mean, sure they have fear of losing their money but i mean basically they're all safe their kids all go to schools that nobody's going to run into and shoot up. You know, all, all they're they're perfectly secure in their own little bubble, and they think they're really important. And that's what you know you can see from a decision like this. Like, look at us, we're important. Now, this is not a defense of any NFL owner because this was a terrible decision. 
But at the end of the day, we do have to admit to the fact that they can pretty much do whatever they want on this issue. For right or for wrong, they're allowed completely because as owners of their own league, their own business, their private business, they're allowed to fuck this up however they want. And they're doing a really good job of it. So there's no, you know, and I've you know, been reading articles about this, watching things. There's, so there's no First Amendment argument here, which I've heard some people, in, un, you know, in error, they have made that claim that you're you're taking away their First Amendment right to protest. No, that because as a employee not going to jail. at a business, you have no First Amendment rights. If I, the company that you or I work for says tomorrow, if we're going to play the national anthem every day before the work shift starts, and you're going to stand for it. And if you don't, <laughs> you can't work here. You know what you and I are doing? We're either, A, looking for new jobs, right? <laughs> or we're, we're standing there before we go to work, and we're doing that. So for right or for wrong, the NFL is completely allowed to do what they're doing. It's dumb as hell that they're going to cost themselves a ton of money on on both sides, I, they they they've managed to piss off the left and the right. I think we both agree with that, right? I mean, yeah. Initially, uh, they didn't uh, hack hack this off at the at the balls no. like uh, like a lot of the people wanted them to. So yeah, they definitely pissed so, those guys off. So basically, last year was when they lost the people who you were describing. Last year was when they lost all the MAGA people, right? Last year was when people were all, you know, burning their jerseys. I'm never going to a football game again. You know, all that, damn it, these guys, the kneelers. And, you know, they, they, they brought out that element. And they took their lumps for that. And I think in the snapback now, they are going to lose the other side that managed to stick around. So you're basically now, by, by snapping back the wrong direction and putting a putting – a, a really ugly face on this with the, you know, even uglier than it was before. Instead of just, you know, just let these guys, let these guys do it. Let them do it. Or just don't have the damn anthem on when the players on the field and don't bring out the 75 square mile giant NFL flag and have the jets fly over and basically become a recruitment drive for the armed forces, which you and I have talked about, that's in writing. I had to yeah. play that once again because that's never happening. They're never stopping right. the 75-foot flags and the flyovers because they're getting paid to yeah. do it. And that's or, or, or the we're going we're gonna to reunite the, 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 the military family at halftime. I mean, there are, they are – you can see all the tie-ins with this. And we've 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 highlighted them on this show. We've made fun of some of them on this show. How over the top and blatant they are. So now they are going to run the risk of of ruining the other side. So they're they're completely politicizing the NFL, and this goes beyond. This is this is this goes beyond Trump. This is this isn't just a, a Donald. You could almost remove him from the equation in some of this. I think last year was when the majority of, of, of what he had to do took place. And we highlighted that enough, this snapback now, and now with this lead, well, we have to address this. We have to address this with all the options and all the money and all these people, allegedly smart people. Let's, let's not, let's not hesitate. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're smart. 
it means you just have money. <laughs> that they made a really bad decision. And I don't know what they were expecting when they came out with it. Were they expecting people to be like, yeah, yeah, stick it to those guys. Stay in the locker room. Don't come out. So, so basically, you've just invited the protest just in a different way. So then it's going to exactly. become instead of the and, uh, instead of the camera sweeping the sideline looking for the guy on a knee, the camera's going to sweep the sideline looking for the guys who aren't out there. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same thing. But if you come out and you take a knee, see by not being out there, you're still protesting, right? But if you come out there and God forbid you take a knee, which is still basically the same exact thing, you're in the locker room for the same reason that you're on the field taking a knee. So then you're going to go out and be defiant and go out on the field and take the knee because it's your, you know, I can't even say it's your right. Your employer is telling you not to do it. And here's what's going to happen if you do it. And if the player then goes out and does it, the NFL is completely within their rights to do whatever they want to for any rule they create to that player. But they're doing it at the risk of, of bad PR and all the cameras and the fans, the people who actually make these guys billionaires are the people who pay the tickets, the people who go to the games, the people who buy the hot dogs, right? The people who subscribe to the NFL Sunday, us, the fans, are the people who have to say, you know what, I've had enough of this. And if enough people watch that and go, I've had enough of this, (laughs) combined with a bit of a diluted product on the field, which we've had some which we've had issues with over the years with the with the poor rules and the wide open offense and we don't know what's what anymore and what is a catch and you know all of that isn't enough now we have to have the spectacle before the game and they're just doing it to themselves there's no I, I other guess, way to, there's no other way to put it i guess when you play out that scenario of what might happen now the the players staying in the locker room instead of coming out and taking the knee i think that's what the owners are I think that's why the owners did it is because they think that the solution of keeping that out of the eyesight of, of the MAGA people uh, is better than having them come out and protest and being in the eyesight of the people watching at home and watching at the stadium. I, I don't think they care about the protest. I really don't. Uh, I, I think they just want the spectacle of it to go away. I think they want the, uh, the sight of it, to not be on the TV screens and to not be played on SportsCenter uh, late at night uh, and played on on First and Pizza and First and Negro and, and PTI the next day. That's all they're looking for is to get the spectacle of it out of the public eye, and they don't really care how they do it. So this was the, the poor the poor decision, the poor rule that they came up with. And also I read that they didn't put it to a vote with the ownership, not that that no. would have mattered much, but they just basically, you know, the, the people, the owners that have the most stroke, which I'm assuming are, you know, the Bob McNair's and Jerry Jones's and people like that, just basically said, this is what we're going to do now because we're losing uh, too many potential viewers that, that have uh, political interests just like ours, and we don't want to do that. Now, if we lose the other political interests on the other side, that's fine. So I think they're prepared to do that. People like my uncle, who was who was, and I'm sure still will be protesting the NFL simply because Colin Kaepernick isn't signed. And you look at the 20 or 30 other backup quarterbacks who aren't as good as Colin Kaepernick. Obviously, Kaepernick should be signed. So my uncle already is one of those that isn't watching because Colin Kaepernick isn't in the league. And there's no good reason he's not in the league. Uh, but yeah, he will he will be joined by others now. 
because of this, this snapback rule. And, and I'm not going to uh, argue it with you and try to convince you of my, my theory, which may be a bit of a conspiracy theory that there's a, a sweeping uh, MAGAing of America going on. I, I'll, I'll cop to it maybe being a, a conspiracy theory, but I'll just tell you, you kept bringing up the word, this, this is the snapback. This is the reaction to what happened last year. This is now the owners uh, having the snapback and, and having to uh, make, thinking that they have to make this rule. And I would just tell you or ask you, why do you think they had to have a snapback? Why do you think there is a snapback? I, I really do think it's because of the shift that's going on and the pandering to that side. They think that those people are too valuable to to let go in the wind and not try to, to corral them and pander them and, and and get those those people back in the door. I think they hear from so many of those people because they're so loud right now and they're so emboldened. And I think they think I think they think that that's the majority of America, which I really don't think it is. But I think they think that those people have a lot more juice and a lot more power than they really do. And I think that's why the snapback has to uh, occur yeah. in their minds. Yeah, and I don't I, I think really when we when we boil it all down, I don't think that the majority of America is extreme one side or the other. I don't think that your extreme left wing, you know, liberal view is mainstream. And I don't think that your extreme right wing conservative view is is mainstream most of america should you know is as it generally falls when you just get down to to regular people everyday people is a little bit left right or center of the middle and that's where most people i think lie some people are going to have liberal views some people are going to have conservative views some people are going to have both i have views that i would probably consider liberal on some things i'm conservative on other things I think that's most people. I think if you really press most people and, and you, you go up and down all the major political issues, you're not going to find that anybody is all one side or the other. So I don't know if it's the NFL is necessarily looking at, we need to get those people, like the people that abandoned ship last year back because the trend had been downward for the NFL over the last few years. The trend had already been going there. But I think last year sort of put the flashlight on it. Last year put the face on the downward trend. And the NFL, what I'm talking about was so far as the snapback is, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to somehow stop this bleeding. And I think if I, if I put the, the question to you right now and said, we get to week one of the NFL season, are we talking about ratings increases or ratings decreases? What would you honestly say? Probably going to continue the trend and, and okay. keep. Uh, that, that, yeah, I, I'm completely on board with you 100%. I honestly think that would have been the trend had they done nothing. Mm-hmm. And now I think they've just are going to escalate that, like you said, because now, like someone like your uncle, who I don't think was not watching the NFL because of what was happening with last year let's say, so to speak, where we, where we had with the flag, with the protest. What he was more upset about was the whole Kaepernick situation, which, which is a dumb situation. The guy is clearly good enough to be at least a league backup. I think you and I are completely agree with that, right? I don't think any... Uh, at least good enough. decent minded individual can see it any other way. You, right. You, it, 
If you don't right. think Kaepernick belongs in the league, you just have something against Kaepernick, and we know what that right. something is. No, you, you know, and we've we've made fun of him for his play on this show quite a bit, and deservingly so. He should be just like any other mediocre to waiting talent in the league that you you and I, we are being deprived of making fun of Colin Kaepernick on this show by the NFL keeping him out of the league. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best thing that they could have done, the, the skill set was clearly eroding. The best thing they could have done was just one of these teams signs him, lets him fail, and unceremoniously releases him week seven, or he gets hurt because he's a major injury risk to begin with. I mean, his arm has been basically a noodle since he came back from injury a few years ago anyways. But the talent was clearly there that, yes, there there are 20 quarterbacks in the league, at least, that he could have overtaken on a depth chart, maybe more. You could have seen him picking up some starts for a team should a starter have gotten hurt. The phone never rang when a team suffered a loss at that position with a major injury. So it, it's clear that the league is keeping him out. He, he's definitely got the case with the collusion. And even more so than that is the situation with Eric Reed, who defended him, who is a better player. Mm. So you yeah, have a, guy a play, is, Right. Yeah. So he's not a bum about, at all. Right. Let's forget about Kaepernick who was clearly on the downward slope, right? I mean, you agree. I mean, as much as we want to talk about For up anyone who the, uh, the never heard me. Colin Kaepernick, you know. <laughs> yeah. My opinion of Kaepernick as a player may not be uh, something that everyone, everyone, all two people listening, uh, right. may know about. Before the kneeling, way before the kneeling ever began, yeah. I, I observed that he clearly had stopped growing as a quarterback the moment Captain Insane Jim Harbaugh uh, left – San Francisco to go coach Michigan and why he kept why he stopped growing as a quarterback we don't know uh could he have could he get together with a, a quarterback guru like a Frank Reich like a Matt Nagy something like that and rediscover things and be the quarterback that was uh two plays away from winning a Super Bowl like he was a, a very short time ago maybe we don't know that's the point right. we have no idea he may be that good we'll never find out apparently Right. So for people getting a historical perspective, you and I have been very critical of Colin Kaepernick over the years as a quarterback. Way before um, the kneeling. Even even to the point where we've had the discussion that you don't hear a lot, but you and I have had the discussion many times about the three quarterbacks that all prospered during the lockout season were the read option quarterbacks. And the three of those famously were Kaepernick, RG3, and Russell Wilson. Two out of the three of those players had that sort of meteoric rise and then the collapse, whether through the injury or people caught up with them. But that season, in a in that lockout shortened season, and, and nobody had any idea this was coming, you had these three major dynamic talents basically all just explode and just sort of took the league by storm. And Kaepernick took that all the way to the Super Bowl and was you know, basically a play away um, in the back of the end zone from winning mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. But ever since then, it was it, it's never been as good or have ever been the same. And Russell Wilson clearly, and we've had this discussion, was the most pocket-aware, 
was the only one of those three guys who was looking to not just tuck and run. He was the one who was looking to, you know, bring the ball down and make the big throw down the field. Very, very much like what we've talked about, about Deshaun Watson, a guy who's not just going to at the, you know, the first reads not there. So I'm going to run now. And that's what Kaepernick and RG three were. And the, the, it took the toll on their bodies. They never adjusted. So they, you know, the, they, the league finally adjusted back to them and they never made the adjustment to being successful at just the quarterback position versus just being a superior athlete. And Colin Kaepernick is a superior athlete and he does have a spot and deserve a spot in the league. And we, we both agree with that. And I think it's almost the same assessment we've had of him over the years. So when we talk about him, we're not talking about him in the terms like he should be starting for, for anybody uh, or, or leading teams to the Super Bowl, we're talking about a guy who just basically deserves to get his fair shake, and he's not getting it. But Eric Reed, on the other hand, is a superior player at his position and does deserve to be in football and is definitely being blackballed out of the league and would have the same case that Colin Kaepernick has, if not better, for not having a job right now. And it, it's right there. I mean, you, you could, you know, and, and again, these owners, I guess they're within their right, but we're going to find out because I think the Kaepernick's got a case. Because every time you hear something with regard to that case come out into the public, which hasn't been much, there haven't been a lot of leaks coming out of that, but you're starting to see a few more here and there. And the last one I saw was that the, the Kaepernick legal team basically had NFL documents or memos or notes or emails from teams that were basically going back and forth saying that they saw him as a player that could play in the NFL, which makes you wonder why nobody has brought him in. <laughs> See? That's amazing. It's all right there. Can he play in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the NFL. Will he play in the NFL? Uh, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, the NFL, unfortunately, doesn't have the Hillary Clinton email server that just erases itself. So. <laughs> The NFL screwed because I think this guy is going to get the goods and he's got a case. He's either going to end up a very, very rich man, or I should I say richer man, or, you know, he's not, he's, they're not going to, they're not going to bring him back in now with pending litigation because how do you handle that? How do you actively bring back in somebody to try him out for a job while they're suing you at the same time? So right. I think as long as that is in litigation or as long as that's going to court, and proceeding, he's not coming back. I think the movie would end with him getting offered uh, the comeback and deciding I'm better than that. I don't want the comeback now and going to take that money starting like a new football league and, and right. uh, well, everyone uh, lives happily that was in the news that's, today. That's that was in the news today that one of these upstart other leagues, it's a, the AFL or a, AL or something, um, AFL, you know, there's some other American yeah. football league, you know, and I wouldn't be shocked if Vince McMahon all of a sudden you see him, you know, <laughs> year from now we see uh, Colin in the XFL, you know. Oh God, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. but, but but clearly the NFL has has like you said they're they're not just kicking around the football they're they're fumbling the football. Oh, and good one, yeah. I see what you did there. Ah, well. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is it's incredible the the situation that's bubbling up from this, and I just don't know what they think was was going to happen if they 
let players protest again. This thing, just like the Trump comments about get that son of a bitch out of the league. The whole idea of protesting was dying down when Trump did that, and it oh, revitalized yeah. it all over again. These players are not, in general, trying to band together to protest America. These are multi-million dollar players. There's there's not a big lot of them that want to protest America because most of them are just fine with America the way it is because same thing as you just said with the owners their kids aren't in danger of being shot in school neither are these NFL players their kids aren't going to those type of schools either they're not in uh, too much in, in too much danger of getting gunned down by the cops in the back of the head they're in some danger we just saw the Milwaukee Bucks uh, basketball player get tased for no reason up there where you are but uh, for the most part those type of things happen to people who don't have the power to do something about it, not, you know, NBA players, or NFL players. So most of them don't want to protest. Most of them are just happy, uh, just fine with the way things are in America as it is. But when. Hey, it did it to him again. And this isn't me. I'm not like messing with him. I'm not cutting him off. He's just, he's just like, he starts getting going. And then the show just decides it's time for Dre to go. I think he's overheating the show. But it's a good, you know, it is a good discussion because there's there's a lot of angles that you can take. And I think a lot of cases, it's, it's your perspective is going to sort of allow you to put what you're feeling into this. You know, and this clearly resonates on a much deeper level with Andre, where, where he's looking at it from a much different perspective. And, and I get that. And then, you know, I've always got, he's very passionate about those things. And I am too, but in my own different way, I'm, you know, I'm looking at things a little analytically and you know, I, I'm always following the money. I'm always seeing that side of it. And he's dead on when he plays the Ted DiBiase music and the money, 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 because that's all this is about. And the NFL has a major problem right now with money because there ain't as much of it coming in. The sponsorships just aren't quite there. Yeah, we had a we had a nice Super Bowl. We had a Super Bowl with a ton of points, and you know we got to watch the the Eagles and the Patriots put up all this record offense, and you know everybody was was feeling good. I know I was feeling good. I'm, I'm you know I was talking about all the team people that are hating the guy on top. Well, I'm not that big of a fan of the Patriots. I think that's very well documented on the show, but for not not reasons of because they're good. Uh, I think reasons of being overrated, definitely. But you can definitely sense the the passion and everything that comes out of a, out of a topic like this. I covered for you again there, buddy. I am. I love this. Every time I get a little close to home, every time I hit a little yeah. close to the truth, I said that you got to cut me off. I said that and I'm not doing it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I was like, as soon as, as soon as you started going and you just cut right off mid sentence again, I was like, well, oh, it happened again. It's, it's, it's going. I had to, I had to warn people. It's not me. I haven't oh, been. Sure. I haven't been bought. Sure it's not you. Well, I did. I did have a secret meeting with a Russian oligarch the other day. Oh, see, I knew it. So, yeah, yeah, I knew it. All you people and over at IMLD Tower. <laughs> oh man, well, that's uh, that's pretty much a good solid hour live on on that particular topic. Was there? Uh, did you want to move on to something else before the show? Yeah, yeah. As long as there's, as long as you stay in the after show, because if you go, there's no guarantee of that. There's no coming there's, back. There's no guarantee. So this, this this thing might be over 
pretty quick. So we might want to get in as much as we can here in the next eight minutes plus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I know you wanted to talk about the NBA finals. I know you want to slobber over LeBron being in the finals (laughs) for eight straight years, but I am going to go on record right now as saying, because LeBron's a free agent, LeBron, if you're listening, don't go to the Western Conference. Whatever you do, don't go to the Lakers or any of those teams in the Western Conference unless you are just going to go to an obvious top-tier team. If you're going to Houston, or if you're going to Golden State, go there. Go join the enemy. Do what Kevin Durant did. But as long as you are in the Eastern Conference, you are in the finals every year. Don't leave. All right, that's my that's my message to LeBron. You know, and, and I don't want to uh, ignore that because my I, I posted something on Facebook about LeBron's dominance in Game 7 situations, which he has been historically dominant. And my uncle, the, the uh, ultimate LeBron hater, uh, responds back by simply saying, dude, it's the Eastern Conference. So, you know, yeah, there's nothing I mean- LeBron – Nothing LeBron could do uh, in his eyes anyway. I'm not trying to diminish what he's done at all. I'm just saying you're punching your ticket every year in a clearly inferior conference. You do, you, 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 he does not get to go through Indiana, Toronto, and Boston minus their two best players if he goes to the West. I'm just saying. I, I, I can't argue that point. All I'll say pertaining to this particular playoff season is uh, just going at the at the two game sevens that Golden State and Cleveland had to win on the road in order to make it uh, to the finals against each other for a fourth straight year. I don't know if LeBron uh, loses this game if he was playing in Houston. Obviously, Boston choked and, and couldn't come through uh, in game seven. Boston couldn't So did Houston. Houston went 0 for 27 from three at one point. I don't know if LeBron wouldn't have beat uh, the Houston Rockets. The Rockets and the Celtics both did the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. They both don't have the experience on the big stage, and and they both wilted under the pressure uh, of Game 7 at home against, uh, in Houston's case, the superior opponent team-wise in the Warriors. And in the Celtics case, the superior athlete on the floor in LeBron James, I'm not going to even try to argue that the Cavaliers are a better team than the Celtics. I'm not going to even try to go there. But I'm just saying both teams had game sevens at home. Both teams had it right there on their their racket, so to speak. And they both were not able to get the job done. And it's not like LeBron James was extremely dominant uh, against Boston. Honestly, Cleveland shouldn't have beat. Boston. They they should not have won that game. They played the same piss poor Matador defense that they played pretty much all series, pretty much all season, um, uh, including LeBron. I I don't think people, uh, certain people think that I would ever criticize LeBron James for anything. LeBron James was not good defensively uh, against Boston. He was letting guys go to the, to the rack and and looking at his teammates with his arms up like, what, what, what happened? What happened? Uh, we do have that drop. I don't know if we can play the drop or any other drop, but we do have the drop. It, 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 might, it might end the show. No. Oh, well, I shouldn't. If I hit any of the drop buttons, it might not just end the show. It might actually just cancel our subscription to Blah Talk Radio. I have no idea what's going on with BTR right now. 
Both of our computers. Yeah, there's half of it. Uh, Both of our computers might explode as well. No, uh, LeBron did not play well defensively, but Cleveland still won because Boston didn't make their shots when it was all on the line. And Golden State obviously was reeling down 11 at the half or whatever it was. I think it was double digits. Houston was out hustling them. They were out physicaling them. They pretty much dominated the Warriors in the first half of that game seven. And then Steph Curry went off and Houston went over 27 from three. And that was that both teams collapsed down the stretch at home, which is what teams do when they don't have the big game experience that the Warriors and Cavaliers have. So uh, I, I give the Warriors and Cavaliers credit, but both of them had opponents that they were able to overcome uh, because those opponents pretty much wilted under the pressure. Well, now that we've got you for three more minutes, at least here in the live show. So let's get this on the record. Does this finals compel you at all? Not as much as the other three. Um, I'm still going to, I'm not going to watch every minute of it. I'm I'm not going to watch every game and I'm not going to watch every minute. Um, it's 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 compelling in the in the sense of history four straight finals against each other no other sport none of the other three major sports have had that they've I've had a, uh, four four years in a row with the same finals uh, so that's a little compelling LeBron is always compelling to me because he might be the greatest player to ever live and I think people need to just recognize that and enjoy it and watch it instead of always criticizing everything he does. The Warriors are one of the best franchises, dynasties, this this four or five year stretch that they went on basically starting down here in Memphis when they eliminated the the Grizzlies in that green in that game six that I attended and just was amazed at how accurate those shooters were then on their way to their first title. That dynasty is continuing and doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. And that is something that I also watch with with awe and amazement and uh, give them the credit for being as great a- as they are. And, and and I don't even criticize Kevin Durant for joining up with the, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Hey, look, they're a great team. He's a great player. He got sick of losing to the ass, so he joined them. I don't blame hey, I, him for that at all. Yeah, I mean, we saw that, you know, well, clearly we saw this with, with LeBron when he teamed up with, with uh, Wade and with Bosh. And I don't sure. think anybody faulted them for doing that. They just faulted the manner of it. It was more about the decision. And by the decision, I mean the show. The decision, you know, with I'm taking my talents to South Bay. And all of that, not one, no, not two. All of that, I think, was more what people have hated LeBron for than the actual fact that it happened. Well, a lot of the old heads heads also say, Jordan would have never left and went to the Pistons. Well, Jordan Dorsey... Jordan didn't need to leave because he had a team. There it is. He had See, an organization. He had to build a fucking team. There it is. What organizations win championships? We know that. <laughs> Shout out to Jerry Krause, Sky Point. R.I.P. We are done with our live show. We have more sports to talk about. We have baseball to get to. I want to get to a feat that I saw personally live as far as baseball goes. I want to talk some uh, NBA. We just talked some NBA. Talk about sports gambling. More on the after show when we come back. Now into the VIP after show, which may last 
an hour or five minutes, depending on how long Blog Talk Radio wants to keep me connected. I guess I'll yeah. stay away from talking about Trump uh, if, I want, talk- if I want to stay on the air. Yeah, don't talk about the man. Don't talk about conspiracies. Don't talk about Putin. You know, don't talk about Israel. <laughs> don't talk, no, no hot button topics right now for you for coming from that side of the table because, you know, you just stay in the locker room. If you want to talk about, just stay out in the locker room. If you want to talk about that shit, don't be don't right. be bringing your, your don't don't be kneeling on our show. <laughs> we don't want to see any of that. We don't want to see anything about politics. Right. Now let's play the national anthem. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't want anything political. Now we're just gonna play the song, uh, you know, and, and wave the flag and have the jets right. fly over and reunite mm-hmm. the military families. It, it, you know, it, say, yeah, they, they probably have nothing political about any of that. Yeah, they probably have a recruitment drive for the military going on in the stadium, but don't pay. But but this isn't political. No, how dare you politicize this? Right. So this is all about how much we love America. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, compulsory yeah. patriotism is not patriotism. It's, it's something else. There's another word for it, but it's not patriotism. So. Um, Oh. So yeah, you were, you were asking how compelled I was by this finals. Just you know, watching LeBron is is awesome. Watching the Warriors do what they do is awesome. So that will be compelling. But each of the three finals had so had a little more juice to make me want to watch. The first one was LeBron uh, trying to win one in his return back to Cleveland, and remember how amazed people were that he got Cleveland to the finals his yeah. first year back there and now he's done it four years in a row um so that was the first time uh, against uh curry and clay the splash brothers and all the shooting that they were doing and you can't win a title shooting all those threes and lo and behold they won a title shooting all those threes so the second year they come back uh, with the rematch and that was compelling because uh lebron had to go through so much to get back from down three, one to lead that team. Uh, they talk about, I've heard so much about this ragtag team that he's got with him. Now the, the bums that he's surrounded with. Now he hasn't had a real team around him for a while. He's been surrounded by bums the whole time he's been there. Uh, Kyrie Irving was a, a hell of a player while he was there, but uh, he can only do so much. Kevin Love used to be a hell of a player with the Timberwolves. Now he's he's sort of a guy, uh, and the rest of the, the 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 nine other members of the of the roster just don't even pay attention to them because they're pretty much all uh, interchangeable. Uh, so that was uh, that wound up being compelling. It looked like you know th- down three one was going to be another Warriors destruction, and that wasn't going to be compelling. But it became compelling uh, as he led that three one comeback uh, with, with an unbelievable. Uh, streak of basketball and, and give Kyrie the credit for putting a dagger in there in game seven with that big three-point shot. So that became compelling. Uh, the third one last year be- was compelling because that's Kevin Durant joining up and, and the Warriors basically saying, oh, we-, we can win 73 games and still can't win the title because LeBron James is that damn good. Okay, here's Kevin Durant added to all this talent. Now what the fuck you got? And you saw what happened last year was a Warriors domination. So this one is less compelling than all three of those others. I'll, I'll grant you that. But I'm still going to watch because it's still uh, great. These, these are two incredibly great 
uh, entities when you talk about LeBron James, the player, and the Warriors as a team. And, and so that does compel me to uh, at least keep an eye on it. I find it not compelling in a way that I just don't expect it to be a overly competitive series. If I, if I, if you know, dare we say this is a prediction show? We predict everything all the time are wrong, but we predict a lot of things. I'm going to go in to say Warriors in five in this finals. Um, what we just saw with LeBron run through the Pacers, the, the Toronto Raptors, and the and the Celtics was 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 just that's just cruise control. That's there, I mean, yeah, the Pacers took them to game seven, but that's because the Pacers were a young athletic team and the Cavaliers basically just stand around. They matched up much better with Toronto and they, they handled them very easily. And then the Celtics were more of a mirror image of the Pacers where it was a young athletic team. The Cavs looked old and tired. You knew it was based, you know, we, me and the people who I know, like at my work and the people we were talking about the series pretty much knew that this was going to go the home splits, and then the Cavs will win game seven. That was it. I mean, you saw this set up pretty early on. They, they, you know, and they did the that they did exactly that. The home team took every game. When it actually got to game seven, LeBron was able to basically take his team to the promised land and get back to the finals again. Because in, in basically what we've always joked about is the Cavaliers teams basically being LeBron and guys. Well, I will always take it an easy mathematical equation, LeBron and guys over a team that's guys. Because that was the Celtics. Just guys. <laughs> right. So if you have guys and LeBron and the other team just has guys, the team with LeBron yeah. wins. Now they're going to play a team that isn't just guys. <laughs> so LeBron and guys are not going to have as much of a chance against Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Thompson. Green, that that's a team of legitimate stars. <laughs> and Cleveland is basically just LeBron and guys. So I don't think that – I think this is going to go very similar to what we saw last year. And I think just the fact that the, the, the Cavaliers got pushed as far as they did. To the, they got pushed to the brink by two teams – that didn't have LeBron. I mean, because the Pacers, I'm thinking back to the Pacers, and I'm not a big NBA guy, but the Pacers, guys. It's a team of guys. Right. And the Celtics, team of guys. Well, coached team of guys. Apparently Brad Stevens is a wizard. Even getting that team to the finals without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Hayward. So give them all the credit for taking the Cavs to game seven. But we all knew how it was going to go. I didn't even watch. I knew how it was going to go. I I honestly thought the Cavs were going to lose because they've been playing such terrible defense. I just no. and they started out the game playing terrible defense again. No. So it's no. uh, it's quite amazing the way that they were able to rally and play better defense right at the moment that they needed it. It's it's crazy how they are able to do that. Uh, this, I no, agree that with you that I don't think that's going to work against Golden. Okay, yeah, if that, if that would have been a really close game going into the last two minutes, we may have seen some Tim, Tim Donaghy moments. Because I don't think of all the leagues, I think the NBA is the most easy to control the outcome. I'm just going to say of all the major sports franchises. And I don't think anybody in, in the world wanted to see Golden State roll over Boston by 40 in every game of the finals. Because, right, that would have happened, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we have a. We have a class, a common classmate, uh, John Sharp, who's on Facebook, and he is just tinfoil hat conspiracy man. He everything oh, LeBron okay. does, 
is because the referees allow it. Everything. He gets no uh, my I don't go that far. I mean, if, if you have to actually appreciate and watch because LeBron is the biggest, most athletic guy. I mean, he he's developed a jump shot. He can shoot the three more so than he could early in his career. He's more of a shooter late in games where he used to just defer. That was always the big knock on LeBron is he would always right. dribble. He would always pass out of the big moment. Where, where now he's more apt to be the guy in those waning moments of games. So, no. He learn that. He, he learned how to be the man. Right. Right in front of our but, eyes. But he's still not winning this finals. No, I don't think he is either. But I'm going to watch anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll pick up on some of it, but it's not going to be appointment viewing for me. You know, it's not going it, to – it'll be one of those where I'm at work and the game will be starting – and you know, I'll watch the first. I'll watch the first quarter at work, and I'll probably listen to some on the way home on the radio. And I'll get home and I'll go to bed. I, I, you know, I, I don't know how much of it I'm going to watch wire to wire. I think it's going to be more convenience viewing for me than I got to watch it. I, I get that. And what? Uh, and I'm again, gonna... it's the same finals four years in a row, which we predicted last year. I mean, we've basically been. I mean, hasn't everybody basically just been going? This is just a predestined thing now. Just about every year, the, the Warriors are clearly the best team in the West. The Cavs have LeBron, and everybody else has guys in the East. You know how much you know how much I love to toot my own horn. I was going to go back and find a tweet that I left around this time last year, yeah. saying, "Wow, Warriors Cavs four next year is going to be really awesome." It's not worth it because everyone said so too. Everyone, yeah, you're not. You'd like to see the smartest guy in the room with that one, but you're, you're, you're with a lot of other people who just kind of know, but that's why I gave LeBron the advice I did during the live show. Don't, don't go to the, don't go to the (laughs) West. Cause that's just, you're not punching your ticket to the finals. When you go to the West, you're not going through the bums of the league. I mean, there is talent in the East, but it is years away from maturing to the point, unless LeBron skills just from the wear and tear on the body of basically playing, what two extra seasons over the length of his career? I mean, we don't we forget now that LeBron is what is he's in his fifteenth season or something like that. Yeah, something crazy like that. But with all these uh, playoff runs and everything, he's basically playing the equivalent. He's, he came right out at at eighteen. Right. He's been in the league for a long time. It's going to take its toll. Um, so I have a feeling that when the LeBron skills erode, they're going to go quick. This is going to end and it's going to end hot. It's going to go ugly, but uh, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down yet. I think we're still a few years away. I don't, but you know, he's going to, he's, he's getting closer to, he's going to be 33 now, 34. You got to figure this is maybe a two or a three more year window for him to be like guaranteed finals every year. All he's got to do is stay in the East. Go to Philadelphia. Go to Philadelphia. They'll go to the finals next year. Seems to be a, a popular pick. Uh, that To me, that's part of appreciating the greatness of LeBron is realizing that all that talent wouldn't matter if his body was not uh, able to hold up and, and withstand it. Because Michael right. Jordan could have the same basketball talent and basketball IQ, and in a lot of ways he did. But it, there, there's some things Jordan – uh, couldn't do that LeBron can't. And there's some things LeBron can't do that Jordan could. Well, I mean, but Michael Jordan, Jordan didn't was, have his body. 
No, Michael Jordan was a six six shooting guard. Right, and 195 pounds. LeBron right. is 260. Uh, so it's, it's right. that's and part like of the six six ten six eleven. Uh, it's probably about six eight six, six eight. nine. He's a big guy. He's but, a four. He's not a. He's not a. He, play, he can. He's sort of what he's like a tweener, right? I mean, he's too big to be a guard, but I mean, he he can basically play all five positions if they have him. Yeah, he can handle the ball. He could. He can. He can dish. He can shoot. He can post up. You know, I wouldn't rely on him as a center, but he could probably do that too competently for a while if you needed him. Um, but he's a little too small at that position. But he's more athletic than any other seven foot, you know, tree stump right. that they throw out there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he is. But he is possibly the most gifted talent that we've seen ever. You know, but it's always it's always easy to say that we always joke about like ESPN when when the, the something just happens, it's immediately in the top 10 of the greatest things of all time. And and it's hard to uh, equate a player as being the best while they're playing. You kind of have to let that breathe a little and see what the appreciation for his, for LeBron is after he's gone. That's why I don't give any credence to this Tom Brady crap, you know, as much as I bag on Tom Brady, people just always oh, the goat. And eh, let's just, just slow it down a little bit. <laughs> Go hating on Tommy again. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, just saying, like with Jordan, it's held up. Well, but because we watched it, because we were there, right? But we, it's so we not know just what he us. did. It's not just us, though. You know, it's not just you and I are are talking about Michael Jordan. Like the the bygone times, we're the only ones holding the candle for Michael Jordan. It it's held. It stood the time. It, it it's had the time for him to be gone. And it's and it's still holding up what he did, what he accomplished, how good he was, the highlights. You go back and you just watch like the old highlights. So this is what LeBron's going to need. He's going to need some of the, the 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 ESPN classic games, you know, to come on and something. Where you, oh yeah, I remember LeBron. Yeah, he was really good. You know, it's just I guess my point was uh, we were uh, being in Chicago. We were watching Michael Jordan do what he does and go, oh, my God, look at what he's doing. We weren't hate watching like so many people are doing no. with LeBron. Uh, right. And maybe in, in Cleveland, of course, they're going to recognize what he was doing. In Miami, they would recognize it for the four years that he was there. But everywhere else in the country seems to not appreciate LeBron just because they're hate watching him so much. They're not actually watching what he's doing. They're just watching him and going, ah, the refs helped, helped him there. He pushed off there. He traveled there. This guy's no good. He's not. If you if you just shut your mouth for a second and pay attention and watch what the man is doing, that's the only way you're going to appreciate how great he could be. I think a lot of the other, uh, I think a lot of the country was doing that with Jordan too. They were, a lot of them were hate watching Jordan and thinking that he got away with a lot of stuff. I remember every time he would go to Indianapolis, uh, to New York, to Cleveland, how they would boo him out of the building. And I, being so young, I was like, I don't understand it. How can you boo Michael Jordan? He's so great. Awesome. How can you hate on Michael Jordan? And now being an adult, I understand. If you just hate on a guy because he's beating the fuck out of your favorite team all the time, then yeah, of course you're going to hate him and boo him and, and not appreciate what he is. Uh, LeBron seems to get a lot more of that uh, from from my perspective. But if you just stop for a second and really watch without hating and, and watch without try to watch without bias, I know it's impossible for a lot of people, but just just pay attention. Just just watch without hating on him and just take a look at what he's actually doing out there on the court instead of trying to 
point out every little negative thing you can find. Right. Hey, but again, when you and I were watching Michael Jordan play, we were in our teens. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I know. We were And I don't we think kids. you and I ever I don't think you and I ever had the conversation when we were growing up in the 90s. That was the majority of their run, right? Cuz what was 91 the first title? Yeah. Okay. So we're 15. Right? Right. So we're watching Michael Jordan, we're 15, so this run then goes on for the next eight years. So from 15 to 23 was the six titles in eight years with Michael Jordan, and then the two years in between when he took off and the Rockets won. I don't remember at any point in those eight years, you and I having, now again, this is 20 years ago, but I don't remember in any of those conversations where you and I ever talked about Michael Jordan and said, we're watching the greatest player of all time, where it became hyperbolic. Oh, I... Uh, I don't remember necessarily but you know what putting I mean? that out loud, but I think I was kind of thinking that, like, this guy sure. is just, because, the well, when going back even before the titles, the build-up to it, he was so meteoric in the 80s, but couldn't get over the hump because the team hadn't been building him yet, because, as we, as I say about LeBron, no one man does it by himself ever. No. You have to build the right team around whoever the guy is before the guy can win titles because nobody wins it by themselves. Nobody. And he kept getting up to the Pistons and getting knocked down and getting up to the Pistons and getting knocked down. And we were all – I think we were all rec- – again, I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, so I don't know. But I think we were all recognizing this guy is an MVP and yep. he is as good as they get in the league. He's averaging 36, which nobody was doing – back then and really nobody's doing right now uh he he asks it anytime his team needs it he does whatever his team needs he'll get the steals as well he'll get the the rebounds if you need it he'll do whatever you need he just can't get over the hump and and win the whole thing because he doesn't doesn't have the team around him and then the team gels and comes around him and scotty and and horace grant and those guys develop and all of a sudden, now he can't lose. Now he gets to the finals every year, and he can't lose. So there was there was the step ladder. There was the progress. You saw it. You saw his game develop, where he uh, had to trust his teammates and learn how to pass. And, and that part, that was part of it as well. Uh, you saw the whole thing sort of on the escalator. And to me, it was like almost a perfect career, with the exception of the the two years that he quit on his team. But I, uh, that's not a popular opinion, so I don't I don't usually talk about that. But uh, the, the, the step ladder to going from uh, I'm great and I'm an individual, but I can't get over the hump and win a title to now I figured out how to win a title with this team. I'm never losing a title again. I'm never getting to the finals and losing. <laughs> uh, I kind of thought that was the, the, the stuff of yeah. the greatest of all time. I may not have said it out loud, but I, I really did think Jordan was the, the greatest. And, and, still, and there's still an argument that he's – the greatest. That's oh, the other thing. They, yeah, yeah, that's going to be really hard to to. So, somebody's going to have that argument, and people will have a case to make for Jordan. The case yeah. for the fact that yeah, he had one hell of a team around him is justified in the fact that the two years he was gone, those Bulls teams were highly competitive. In fact, Scotty, they were he one, almost took them to the finals without Scotty, Jordan. Which think about yeah, that. Well, they were what about Holland's call on a phantom? <laughs> oh, oh, Hugh a, Holland. A, a phantom call on that on that was that Trent Tucker? Ooh, that, that, was that who it was. Is that who shot the ball? Was the Hugh Holland's call 
the infamous call, the Phantom Three Point uh, yeah. shot foul that just don't, nobody even touched the guy, and they called the foul at the end of that game. Uh, and all of a sudden, oh, look at that. The Bulls aren't in the finals um, because the guy hit all three free throws. What, that might have been Trent Tucker. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it was. Thank you. Just right off the top of my mind there. But uh, that's the case to be made for the fact that the Bulls had one hell of a team. If they plucked, if they just upped and plucked LeBron off of any of these teams that he's taken to the finals, <laughs> to say it, except for that Heat team where he actually had Wade and Bosch, if you just plucked LeBron off of this Cleveland team, were they 15 wins? If you plucked him off of any of those Cleveland teams that he's yeah. taken to the finals. Yeah. Oh. I mean, with the Kyrie yeah. team, the Kyrie teams maybe win 30 games. Right, maybe. This team? that they're, What is this, an 18-win team? Kevin Love's your best player? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. I know. That's what I'm laughing at. That's why you're, just, you're thinking about that, right? You're, we're thinking about we plucked Jordan. Jordan plucked himself or whatever off those Bulls teams. They damn near went to the NBA Finals. If you just said, oh, we're just gonna LeBron's just gonna go play baseball next year and what's gonna <laughs> happen to the Cavs? The Cavs would win eighteen games if they were lucky next year. You're actually making the case for LeBron. I, I know I am, and I'm doing it in a sort of backwards sort of way, but again, LeBron's never had the stability of a franchise that fully backed him. So he's had you know, so when you look back on his career, he has had to go a little mercenary, right? And he Absolutely. did bring that, and he did bring that championship back to Cleveland, and he and he got it, and I think that's probably going to be the only one he gets yeah. in Cleveland. Um, and good for him, you know. I'm glad that in the current state of basketball, they don't have the saber metrics because if they had a a war category for LeBron or any of the players in the NBA, his would probably lead the league in wins above replacement. I think I did damn near put that number at about forty. I don't know how you replace LeBron James. What what replacement player could you possibly have to replace LeBron James? Yeah, that's, just, that's what I mean. That's why his so wins above replacement for LeBron's about forty, right? Because they go from about a eighteen win team to about a fifty eight win team <laughs> if you take LeBron off the team. So his WAR is forty. Yeah, that's the, the a lot of the LeBron haters are also like Jordan lovers, and they they're threatened by how great LeBron is because they've anointed Jordan the greatest of all time. And they think LeBron is a threat to it. And my opinion, and and I, I love Jordan about as much as anybody. All right. I loved. We have to, we're, we're, we're obligated to. (laughs) Right. Having grown up there. Yes. I'm not threatened by LeBron possibly being greater than Michael Jordan. I'm in awe of it. And I love watching it because it's, it's an evolution. It, It happens. He came along. No one has ever come along that big, that athletic, that fast, that good. What are you supposed to do? Ignore that? Just because Jordan happened while you were uh, in your early adulthood or, or childhood or something? You're supposed to ignore that something better possibly came along? No. You don't ignore that. You acknowledge it and you and you accept it and, and you marvel at it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm 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 all I'm all for that. I mean, it's like I said, I mean, I I am still of the opinion that Michael Jordan is the greatest player that I've seen. But again, maybe maybe I'm tainted and I just made one hell of a case for LeBron 
Um, but his situation was different. He never had the time to grow with his franchise and, you know, and how, and, and again, now that we've had some distance from the decision, that is probably going to be the thing that haunts him. I know it's the thing for me that bothers me the most about him was the decision and, and, and the whole way that went down and, and, and the whole spectacle of it, which wasn't even all LeBron. That's as much hate on ESPN and Stuart Scott, and I know the man's dead, but <laughs> that whole spectacle, you know, in, in the show. And it was, you know what I'm even more upset about? I'm not even mad at them. I'm mad at myself because I watched it. <laughs> I watched it too. I got suckered and I watched it. And it was junk. Still can't believe how much hype is going on around this situation on this hour-long show. Stu still can't believe that. Can you believe you, I, I believe you equated that to somebody breaking into your house and complaining, like, could you believe the crime in this neighborhood? Correct. I, I do remember that. And how many years ago did this happen? I still remember you saying that. Because it was so appropriate. This was before we even had a podcast. We were just talking on the phone, you know, that I still remember that, that, that quote of yours sticking out because of how stupid it was what Stuart Scott said. Basically, they're on this major media show. He's like, can you believe this? Oh, <laughs> oh no, Stu. I, I'm, I'm glad I said one thing clever over my 42 years on this planet. <laughs> um, you're just, I bet you're just sad we didn't have a podcast back then. Oh, my gosh. There would have been so many hot sports takes out there at, the, at that point. Ooh. I'll bet you anything, if you took like all the negatives about LeBron over his life, and his, not his life, but his career, his NBA career, because he's a model citizen. He's, he's, not a, he's not a drug guy. He's not a beater. Right? I mean, right? So there's nothing. There's no off-the-court stuff. No, they have nothing on LeBron. So there's nothing with that. He, even even Jordan had the gambling thing. And the cheating on his wife serially thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm just, but yeah, so so there's that. Like, could you imagine, though, when we talk about, because we're talking about LeBron and we have all the things that we have now, could you imagine if the Twitter and all that stuff existed even back in Jordan's days? Like, we were just oh, doing that no. right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> You think, you know, so if you think that, yeah, if you think LeBron hate is strong, how much Jordan hate would you see? Because you could just pick up your phone and look at it. I, it's amazing. Derek Jeter retired at just the right moment and got married too. Because <laughs> I can't imagine him or uh, Twitter when he was knocking down all the actresses in Hollywood either. That that would have been amazing. See? So again, it's 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 also a product of our times. LeBron is out there in a moment when it is so easy to to look at a negative tweet and think that that's the that's the the, the opinion of the country it makes, makes me think makes me think we should we should uh, we should do a pulse of the nation while we have time here tonight ooh we 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 may get to that there's so many other things i wanted to get to uh, also uh, in addition to that um I'm going to transition from uh, the great athlete LeBron to a great athletic feat that I saw, and I'll get into our baseball talk uh, going that direction. Um, and then you can take over and talk <clears throat> talk about the season so far. But I'm uh, always 
happy to go out and, and score these minor league baseball games down here in, in Memphis for the Redbirds uh, because I get a chance to see some of the future stars uh, of Major League Baseball. And uh, if I'm lucky enough, I'll get to see a guy display what he's got and, and just show the world, hey, I'm ready now. This is what I'm going to be. This is what I'm, I'm – my, my potential is limitless – and I'm and I'm going to display it in front of 400 people here at, at AutoZone Park in Memphis, Tennessee tonight. And uh, whoever's lucky enough to be here, you get to see it, and you get to always say that you that you saw it. I saw this kid uh, for the uh, in, in the Cardinals organization. Uh, it was officially a rehab start for him. It was a pitcher uh, named Alex Ray. He's on rehab. He's uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's got very limited major league experience because about the time that he got there uh, was about the time that he hurt his arm and had to go uh, have surgery a, a year ago. So technically this is a rehab stint that he was on and he got one start down here in Memphis and it just happened to be last Thursday night, uh, May the 24th. And I just happened to be the person there scoring that game. And it was absolutely magnificent to watch the, Stat line is very easy to read and very easy to understand how dominant he was. He went seven innings. He gave up no runs. He walked one. He gave up one hit, and he struck out 13. That's a good not start. all you need to know. That's, a good start. That's not bad. If that was a fantasy star, that would be pretty much top-notch. Um, but it gets better. Nine of those 13 strikeouts at one point were in a row. It's a uh, it's a National League game. Uh, I, I described it on a different show the way they do it uh, here in the in the in the minor leagues. But uh, if a, if an American League team came into Redbirds Park, they would they would actually use a designated hitter and play by the American League rules. But they were playing the uh, the Dodgers, so this was a National League uh, game with with the pitcher batting. That, those nine strikeouts in a row did not include the pitcher because he was pinch hit for at that point. And not only was he pinch hit for, he was pinch hit for with a, a guy that's been in the major leagues that actually has experience, Danny Espinosa, and he didn't fare any better. He went down on three on, on three pitches. Uh, nine strikeouts in a row, uh, I am proud to say, it was a, a Pacific Coast League record that had never been done before striking out nine in a row like that in the hundred plus year history of the, of the PCL. So I'm happy that I was there to see that uh, it's about one fifteenth of the accomplishment on the level of you being there live when Kerry Wood struck out 20 Houston Astros. Yeah, I understand. I was there. Yeah. I understand. It's 20th, not anywhere. Uh, we just had the 20th anniversary of that a couple of weeks That's ago. Right. So I understand it's not anywhere yeah. near on that level, but I'm still proud that I was here. You were also people. infinitely more sober than I was <laughs> at the Carrywood 20 strikeout game. I, I was. I had one. I, sober, one, I sobered one up in about the thing. seventh inning and was just like, this guy's got a hell of a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> and no joke, a couple batters later, he struck somebody out and it started flashing up on the scoreboard. And this is when Wrigley did not have the videotron. So it was just a little tiny electric board right below yeah. the, the manual scoreboard where it started mentioning that he is like, now this is the club record. Now it's the National League record. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a big deal. Um, a cold, drizzly day. I think they only announced fourteen thousand at the stadium that day against the Houston Astros. But yeah, no, I mean, 
but what you saw was 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 memorable and and you'll actually remember all of it or i only got to remember <laughs> you know and and i'll still to this day always contend that the ball that kevin ory booted was not a hit that Kerry wood was robbed of a no hitter as well because uh kevin ory booted one that they called a, a hit and should have been an error you can find uh articles and opinions uh all around the internet that would say that that's the greatest game ever pitched because of the fact that that one hit was, as you said, maybe not a hit. It shouldn't have been a hit. So can you no, imagine? It was, it was, it was no five. I was, I was drunk out of my mind for most of that game, <laughs> but I knew that was an error um, when it happened. And it wasn't, it didn't happen late in the game. I want to say that was probably like the fifth. It was the middle, it was squarely in the middle of the game. Yeah. Um, but he was dealing. I do know that. Can you imagine a no-hitter with 20 Ks? You pretty much couldn't beat that. I did see a no-hitter with 20 Ks. I, <laughs> you will go to your grave proclaiming that. I, I will. No, Kevin, Kevin, Ori. Not only were you a buster of a prospect, you cost Kerry Wood a no-hitter. He didn't, I don't know. I don't think he walked anybody either. Uh, How do you walk uh, anybody? You struck out 20 guys. I mean, the ball only got put in play. Seven times, maybe eight. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, Reyes was was pretty filthy. I was very happy to see that. It was filthier than a mud wrestling porn star. It was disgusting what he was throwing. The scoreboard at uh, uh, AutoZone Park down here only goes up to ninety nine miles an hour. So wow. he was throwing harder than ninety nine because it kept saying ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, and I refuse to believe that he just kept topping out at ninety nine miles an hour on every single pitch. So he was going over 100 consistently. His changeup was like 92 to 94, and it was filthy. They were just whiffing all over the top of it, like just falling out of their shoes. Uh, and a couple little strikeouts were looking. He was, you know, throwing a little, a uh, little slide piece uh, with, with not a whole lot of break because he's throwing so damn hard. But it was still bad yeah. enough that it was. Uh, once you saw it break over the plate, you could not pull the trigger because it's you know, probably 89-mile-an-hour slider or something like that. Now, uh, so it's, it was disgusting. I'm no MLB scout, but he's going to need to take a few more miles an hour off that changeup. Probably, yeah. This Triple-A guy's uh, way out in front of a 92-mile-an-hour changeup uh, is probably different than yeah. Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge uh, <laughs> seeing a 92-mile-an-hour yeah. changeup or... or Michael Stanton. If oh. you're if you're only putting about eight to ten miles an hour between your fastball and your changeup, you got some issues. You got to work on that changeup, buddy. You're no Johan Santana. <laughs> well, on the other hand, uh, Noah Syndergaard is doing pretty good with uh, a changeup at about ninety and a fastball at yeah. about a hundred. So okay. uh, he might but be on that level. As you age, that fastball doesn't stay 100. So once that fastball sure. becomes 97 and 96, you better start learning to take a few more miles. I'm just saying, giving the kids some pointers. Well, And I'm we'll a Cubs fan. How it... It's hard to do for a Cardinals prospect. They should be like, keep throwing that 92 changeup, kid. We'll see, we'll see how Bryant it fares when he gets to the majors. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, it was special. There were people sitting in front of me that were looking back at me scoring like, how many is that? Is that, was, was that, oh. was that, how many in a row was that? Was that eight or nine? That was nine in a row, yeah. No, how many that's, is that for the game? Good. Is that 12? You did, you did text me about that, I believe. Yeah. But you're so. supposed to be giving me American League prospects. 
if I do a National League game, I, the, you know, I can only do what I can yeah. do. Hopefully, the Cardinals now trade this kid to the American League. <laughs> I don't think they're trading Alex Reyes anytime soon. No, and I've heard of him before because, like you said, he did have a cup of coffee. Right. Um, so he has been up on the big club. So, but that's good. You got to see something. You know, hey, anything that you can go and see that's exciting and new and something you've never seen before when you're scoring scoring games, I'm sure is exciting. Last year, you saw the eclipse. Right, you got to see a, a solar eclipse <laughs> right. while you were scoring baseball games, and now you got to see a guy strike out nine guys in a row. I was a few years ago. I saw this left-hander named Tim Cooney. Uh, he, he was one out from a no hitter, and then he gave up the hit. Oh. So I, I was hoping that he would keep, uh, keep developing and become a, a, a good pitcher for the Cardinals. But he, he he's a Triple A guy. He was he's a Quad A guy. He, he never did uh, do anything. Oh, okay. They gave him a couple of shots in the majors, and he got knocked around pretty bad. So, well, that's just is that's you know nothing wrong. Those Triple A guys still get paid, right? Not really. Uh, no, like you got to make more than like like we do. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. That was unless uh, you're on the, the forty man. This... If you're on the forty man roster, I'm sure you're. Okay. Well, yeah, that's different. <laughs> That's different. No, that was a point of uh, contention. Like some uh, members of, of of Congress were trying to pass a bill to get these guys up to because basically it's not minimum wage. If you take it hour by hour, what what minor oh. leagues minor leaguers make is like waitress money, really. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, but but MLB College has very strong more than that. You're right. But major league baseball is very strong antitrust lawyers, and they were able to to shut that down. So no, minor leaguers pretty much make nothing. Oh boy. It's part of the argument was, you know, look, you want these guys to be as as productive as possible on their way to the majors. You need to pay them a living wage so that they're not, you know, going to McDonald's after the game and and, uh, and eating crap and having to, you know, rely on bad hotel rooms and 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 subservient uh, furniture and everything else. You you're trying to get these guys to the highest level. You think you'd want to treat them as good as you can and and give them. Uh, the type of money to make sure that they take as good a care of themselves as, as they can, but that's just not what's happening. And sure. Not to say that, not to say that these kids uh, are turning to PEDs because they can't afford uh, GNC, but the argument is out there for that. Right. So, um, speaking of which, uh, we saw that Robinson Cano got popped for the Peds, right? Mm-hmm. Did you like the uh, the picture I sent you? <laughs> yeah, I, I still got it on my phone right here. Yeah, so I, I for everybody who doesn't know, I'm watching MLB Network. This is not an endorsement of MLB Network. And the big news has just come across on the TV screen that Robinson Cano has been popped for steroids. It's a big <laughs> deal. And <laughs> uh, here it is. Robinson Cano suspended 80 games for violation of a joint drug prevention and treatment program. And right above that in the banner, it says MLB tonight presented by tin cup whiskey. Wait, I thought drugs were bad. <laughs> but, but well, so while we're telling you all about this guy who puts substances in his body, go get liquored up, go buy some whiskey. That'll, that'll be, <laughs> Substances are terrible. Unless yeah, substance abuse is the worst. Unless it's tin cup whiskey, <laughs> then it's all good. 
<laughs> that sounded like a, an advertisement. I think you just cut a promo for him. Substance, is, yeah, substance abuse is bad. Unless it's tin cup whiskey. <laughs> I don't think that's a... I don't think that's that's a good tagline. I don't think I have a career in advertising waiting for me. But I've we did just name drop. We did we did just name drop tin cup whiskey several times now. I've heard, I've heard a lot worse taglines than that. I, I don't sell yourself short. I, I've heard a lot worse. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, I remember on Saturday Night Live back when back in the seventies. You know, back with the original like cast, they did a, an insurance mock insurance commercial. For life insurance and the tagline was always because you could die tomorrow <laughs> and i always remember that every time i think of, of advertising but like, yeah that was about the truest form of advertising right why you need health insurance or life insurance because you could die tomorrow and it was very serious but yeah i'm, a, not, I, I'm, not I'm very I'm uplifting i'm so glad i sent you that picture i, I literally i mean it's not often I, I i get to go and take a I have to run and take a picture of the TV. <laughs> I do believe the only other time I did that was the was the one where the or where, or where somebody had hired a coach and it said "good fit for Beavers" with a question mark right after it. <laughs> well, so certain Beavers, I guess uh, you could possibly. <laughs> oh, you should should have put that screenshot on Twitter, the the sponsored by the the vodka or the whiskey or whatever. Oh yeah, so that probably would have been. Me. I'm sure that would have been removed for copyright infringement or something pretty quick no. if that had gone viral. There's screenshots all over Twitter. I don't think that would have been a big deal. Uh, so the uh, the baseball season, uh, uh, you got any uh, thoughts about it so far? There's always surprises this early in the year. There's teams that. You know, won't be there in September, but they're there right now. And, See, and and others that... Right, and that's where I have a hard time because you know we obviously do a pretty good shakeup of the, we do a pretty good shakeup around the the All Star break, right? We we usually will do kind of our, our our let's laugh at ourselves for how bad we were for our first half predictions, and you know, and here comes the second half, and yeah, I mean it, we've had some doozies so far, but you you know in the National League, I think the American League is really starting to round into the shape that we expected where you know Boston and New York, Boston and the Yankees, they're right there. Cleveland is in a very weak first place in a very weak division. It's a bad division. They could be running away with that thing, but they're just kind of skating by, which is all they have to do. They could win 85 games and win that division. And Oh look, the the Angels start off hotter than shit, and Shohei Itani is going to be the greatest player of all time. And now Houston, oh yeah, don't forget about us. And there's Houston. If anybody is surprising me in the American League right now, it's the Mariners because He's hanging around. The team that we just wanted, we just wrote for dead. We 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 rage quit the Mariners because we were so sick and tired, <laughs> right? We were just sick and tired of filling these guys up every year. And Robinson Cano gets popped for Peds, and and they've they're, they're won nine nine out of ten. And, and their pitching looks tight, and their offense looks good. And they, they've got balance, and you know, and, and and Gene Segura has stayed mostly healthy, and Mitch Haniger looks like he's rounding out into being a fine MLB star, and and James Paxton has been a stud. So as long as these guys stay healthy, which has not been their forte, but all three of those guys I mentioned are all 
injury risks are also all three, by the way, on my fantasy team. <laughs> um, <laughs> but those are, you know, a lot of those guys are sort of carrying them right now, and, and the Mariners are hanging around. Who knew? But you know where I'm going to go next, right? Where are you going to go? You should go. I'm going to go to run differential to try to pick out some of the contenders from the pretenders. Oh, sure. Yeah, you're using my stat now. All right. Well, I, I and, like what you're doing. And I'm going to look at the Mariners hanging around one game behind the Astros right now, but yeah. the Mariners are only plus 13 runs on the season despite yeah. being 13 games over 500. Well, that means they won no, those 13 games by one run. I, I, I'm no math major, but that's <laughs> – seems like about a run a game uh, that they're winning. When I, when I am talking about the Mariners hanging around, I am not talking about hanging around in the division, although they clearly are right now. I am more talking about the Mariners hanging around in more of a wild card scenario. I don't okay. think they're winning that division. Because I was about to talk about the, the Astros who are only one game above them, but are plus 126. Yeah, that's the best in baseball. They're, well, yeah, what, one, plus 125 best in baseball. Yeah. It's pretty good. By a mile, they're the best in baseball. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's just a way of sort of looking at, you know, who's going to still be there later on yeah. and who's going to – Seattle's well, getting a lot of, of <laughs> close close games yeah. saved by Edwin Diaz, who's on my fantasy team. Then they add in a very, very early deadline trade, uh, Alex Colome from the Rays, which is a great pickup, yeah. a great eighth-inning arm there. Uh, so that – Maybe they can extend out and, and maybe they can keep winning those close games if they're going to make it pretty much a six or seven inning affair, uh, sort of doing what the Royals were doing a few years yeah. ago when they won a world title doing that. So uh, I, I guess I do applaud them uh, in that respect, but I still don't know if I trust them to hang around, especially, as you said, Robinson Cano being uh, right in the middle of that lineup and now missing for half the season, uh, right. leaving them to rely. It's great to have the, the Kyle Seegers and uh, the, the Mitch Hanegers as sort of the pips to Gladys night. Uh, but to have to rely on them night after night, uh, it, I don't think that's going to uh, in the long run be something that's going to work out for them. Uh, but they, they may keep winning close games, but the, the plus 13 run differential with a 13, you know, 13 games over 500, that's not sustainable. They're not going to be 20 games over at the end of the year. Uh, with uh, plus 20 run differential. That's pretty much impossible. No. And where I see the door as being open in the American League is clearly for the wild card because once you get beyond Boston, New York, Cleveland, and Houston, boy, it could be any. It could be anything goes right now. I mean, it's, it's going to be a mad dash for those two wild card spots for the whole rest of the year. And not forgetting that there are two of them Seattle could sneak into one of them because we got to figure that Boston or New York have that first one pretty much. That's oh, Memorial Day. One of those teams is going to be the wild card. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, and to that point, there's only one other team in the American League outside of those, uh, the, the five, when you talk about Cleveland, uh, yeah. outside of those five, there's only one other team that has a, a plus run difference on the year, and that's the uh, the L.A., Anaheim, Orange County Angels. Yeah, All the others are under. All of yeah. them. So those one, two, three, four, five, six teams have a plus run differential. Five of them get to make the playoffs, right? So there you go. There you go. 
there it is. And, the, and in the National League, where I have been watching, the run differential has been in in where I am a little bit more prone to be watching in the NL Central, where the Cubs by far and away <laughs> are crushing that division and run differential at plus 79, and the Brewers, who are three and a half games ahead of the Cubs in first place at plus 33. Um, I, I don't think I know. I, I know I live in Wisconsin, and it's easy for me to bag on the Brewers, but I don't think the Brewers have the legs. This feels just like last year. Exactly. Those Brewers, those Brewers starters love to go four and two thirds, five <laughs> and a third. No, I'm just this just what that team does. They're gonna know that bullpen has some major talent that come August and September is just not gonna be there. Those arms are going to start falling off, and but, the, Cubs, the Cubs are going to still be there in the end because even though that team is deeply flawed, it is the best team in the division. You're saying Craig Council is going to go to Josh Hader for a three-inning save in July, and he's just <laughs> he not going to have the juice? The poor, yeah, the poor guy is going to just it – just, it's just not going to be there. It, it, the same thing happened last year. I always joke with one of my one of my coworkers who's a big Brewers fan that I do remember the Brewers had that wild card sewn up if they didn't blow a seven run lead mm. against the Rockies in the last game of the season last year. Um, that bullpen will be their undoing. Where I don't have the same concerns as much. I don't love the Cubs bullpen, but those guys have all sort of been there, done that. They all have the playoff experience between Morrow and then all the rest of those guys who've been doing it with the Cubs with and, and Sishek's been okay. And, and they get a little bit more length out of their rotation. Now their rotation's been inconsistent, but they do get starts that go beyond five. Yeah. And and yeah, so I do think the Cubs will be just fine. And they don't have a leadoff hitter. They don't have a leadoff hitter and I don't think Manny Machado is it. I keep hearing that rumor. I would love to see them go out and actually get a legitimate, let's put this guy at the top of our lineup every day. I think the closest thing the Cubs have to a leadoff hitter is Albert Almora, but John Ma- uh, Joe John Madden. Boom! <laughs> Joe Madden uh, <laughs> just won't stick with it. Or John. Neither one of them will yeah, stick with it. Neither one of them. But Joe Madden just won't. He, he's the tinker in Joe. He loves to tinker that lineup, and he just won't stick with the guy. Um, I think he had Zobrist up there yeah. the last couple of weeks. And as for your White Sox, they're doing about exactly what we thought they'd do. You thought they'd be better. I but thought this, they'd be this, better than this. This, oh. this. But this is part of the plan, right? Yeah, the growing pains. This is it. This is what they're supposed to be doing this. And you got to figure in the next month, month and a half, up to the trade deadline, a few more of those big name pieces will be gone. Jose Abreu will be gone. Anybody who's a veteran who's shown any modicum of of production will be gone, Paul and Pinerco. they'll acquire <laughs> Magliore, Donez. They're Carl all going to be gone. Yeah, they're all on the trading block. I mean, whoever their best vendor is is going to get traded. Greg Norton. They're they're all up for sale. Yeah. The, the best beer guy walking in the stands is getting traded for something. Oh, the well, the best beer guy if he's still there was the guy with the gravelly voice that would go Miller. See, he's getting traded. He did that. He's getting traded. He did that all night long. I have no fucking idea how he could keep that up. I really don't. That killed uh, me to do it once. Our, our guy, our favorite guy, When I remember when I was there with my wife and we were there, it was brutally cold. We were at a Cubs game and we're all we were wearing ski caps. This is going to Cubs game early in the season. And uh, we're at Wrigley and she'd never been there before. And I remember the, the beer is your friend. Uh, beer will keep you warm guy was there. And then the hot chocolate cookies guy. Hot chocolate cookies! And that's all he kept saying. Hot chocolate cookies! 
And then there's yeah. the beer is your buddy. Beer will keep you warm. He and he said it just like that. that. Yeah, he said huh. it just like that. He reminded me of like Bill Paxton in that kind okay. of a voice. If you can, you can imagine that, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Beer is your buddy. Beer will keep you warm. <laughs> and I'm sure that played very well to those uh, bleacher bums out there. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we I've never a... actually, you know, I've ever actually sat in the bleachers. Really? Never have sat in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. I always thought that was where the non-fans sat. Does that sound elitist? Just a bit. <laughs> but that sort of became. That sort of became the the cool party place to go sit, where the people who actually sat there and kept score and paid attention and actually knew something about baseball didn't sit in the bleachers. That that was just always the way I kind of looked at it. So yeah, I guess that that makes me kind of an elitist jerk. That's fine. I'll live with it. I'll own it. I'll own it. As long as you own it, as I own I'm, it. I'm all I'm about the honesty. I'm doubling down. Yeah, I always would have assumed that the bleachers at Wrigley were for the the girls in the bikinis and the and the bronies and all it, it come on and out that was the bleachers at Wrigley Field. It was the party. Where they weren't watching the game. That's the bleachers. They they did not seem to be watching the game when the cameras panned on them. I'll I'll say that. <laughs> Thank you. So that's so that's where I got that from. So I sat in the mezzanine or in the upper deck with my malted cup and my hot dog and or my Wrigley pig sandwich and my scorecard. And actually watched and paid attention to the baseball game. Because I was a real fan. So I didn't sit in the bleachers. I'm a real fan. You're a yeah. big fan. Yeah. <laughs> we have a black guy down here in uh, in, in Redbirds Park that's pretty uh, entertaining for, for beer. He's got a whole shtick. And I'm not going to get every line, but it basically starts out, Got a mice cold. Too cold to hold. It need to be so. Almost froze. Get him ice cold. It just goes on like that, just rhyming the entire time. Ice cold, ice cold. He's fine. As long as he doesn't say one for the road, he's okay. I don't think he does that. That probably okay, wouldn't be very cool. Yeah, because you can't do that. So no. I guess early in the season here for baseball, the, 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 the most surprising beyond Seattle, I would say in the National League, the most surprising team for me, and this is the good question for you, is how far away, how many years away are we from the Braves being another version of the Cubs or the Astros? I don't they, think there's clearly, any... they clearly seem to have the blueprint. Yeah, I don't think there's any question the most surprising team is the Braves. I think that's got to be unanimous. Yeah. Uh, and and to your point about the uh, the Cubs, uh, again, playing with the run differential, they're plus 77. That leads the National League, despite the fact that they're, they're however many games back of Milwaukee. Four and, three and, and a half, half right now. Yeah, three and, and a half, 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 half now. Yeah, they won today. And... Mm-hmm. So now they're plus 79. <laughs> <laughs> the second best uh, coming into the day was Atlanta at yeah. plus 58. Now, Atlanta's not keeping that up. And the no. Cubs are likely to keep that. So the Cubs are likely to be the best in run differential in the NL by a lot. So if anyone in Milwaukee right. thinks the Cubs aren't going to run you down and win the division again this year, you're you're mistaken. They're, they're going to do that again. Yeah. The um, point I always make to my sad Brewer fans was when we were five and a half out, the Cubs were five and a half out last year at the All-Star break, and we're in first place within a week after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And it was over. So... Yeah, no, no, the Braves are clearly uh, – and the other one that I don't – I just want to point out here quick because I know we're almost done. I want to squeeze this one in is 
I never bought in, and I'm glad we didn't talk about all the people writing off the Dodgers early, like they're done because they're three and a half games out. So they're clearly not done. And I think that was just a lot of April hate, but they're only three and a half out and they've won eight out of their last 10. They're still there. That's all I mean. They're still there. It's still there for them. They're not playing well. They're clearly not what we expected them to be, but I don't think they're just DOA. Right. No, they had to rally back. They were pretty far down uh, in April, and they and they right. run they run off. I think eight of their last ten, nine of their last eleven, something like that. Um, so the, yeah, they looked like they were on life support for a while, and, and they've started to to steady themselves and turn it around a little bit. They're still uh, they're still compelling because you take Clayton Kershaw out, which he'd been out for a while. He's about to come back. Uh, and you you got you, you can never rely on Rich Hill. I think they should know that by now. And you're left with some guys that they're kind of like, uh, okay, you know, Alex Wood and then uh, Ryu. He I forget his first name right now, but uh, which one? Hid, yeah. Hidden Hidden Jin Ryu. Yeah, that guy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they're gonna get a, a rookie con- a contribution all year with this Walker Bueller kid who looks like he might be the real deal and. That happens sometimes. You get a guy that you yeah. weren't relying on, and he just kind of comes up and, and gives you the big boost that you need all year. So they may be getting that right now. And, and yeah, you, you still have to watch it. They're not dead by a long shot. I don't trust the Rockies, who are in first place right now. I don't trust the Diamondbacks over them. Uh, and the Giants and the Padres are both jokes yeah. to me. So. The Rock, the first place Rockies with the minus 21 run differential. Right. So the, if you think the, they're going to be there right. at the end of the year. And the Dodgers, who are three games under – and three and a half back with a plus 20 run differential. Right. So again, I know that's, you know, I love that stat with football, but it can be just as, it can be just as informative sometimes with baseball. Yeah. I I don't know how many more things that you wanted to get to. Uh, I got to, well, there's only two minutes left in the show. So no, my, my point was, are you, do you, have time uh, the uh, sometime the rest uh, at the end of the week or, or later on this week that you want to do another show? Oh, because we got we got more. Um, I'm trying to think because I'm pretty well. I, I'm literally after tomorrow. Literally, I'm starting to sound like one of our friends. Uh, uh-huh. After tomorrow, I go on a stretch where I work like seven days in a row. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have a a pretty long work stretch here. Sunday night. Yeah might be my best time to do a, a show because after because Sunday night, I, Monday is the only day where I actually go into work late. So I actually kind of have like that whole morning on Monday off. So I would be willing to do another show Sunday night. All right. Sounds good. So we're about to get snipered. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll be back Sunday night. For the aftermath, aftermath. <laughs> For the uh, aftermath to our uh kicking around the political football and everything else that we wanted to talk about sports wise. We, we got a few more things. I want to talk about Otani. I want to talk about sports gambling. Got a couple other things. I, yeah, I wanted to get. We're legit now. That's right. Legit no more, uh, we're not just for the uh, degenerates anymore. We're going to be mainstream uh, gambling apparently uh, for everybody in the country. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of non sequitur, the off season version of a much less detailed podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back here Sunday night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.